Beal back to Hachimura. Oh, um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. He gets the most assist for me and the most spoon fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a good in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it, honestly. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up is mine? We're not going to be fucking Sunk this year with a Stanley Cup champions! Yeah! Welcome to the Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We've got Noel here. How's it going? Hey, what's up? How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. We're going to start the show with an update on Redskins receiver Cody Latimer's situation that we discussed last Tuesday. In case you missed it, uh, us going into detail, feel free to go back and listen to Tuesday's episode, Quentin Dunn Behind Bars. Fun little name there. It was good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Made it help myself. So Latimer was charged with menacing and illegal discharge of a firearm, and he was released on a $25,000 bond. According to the New York Post, Latimer was at a poker game at his home on Friday night with seven or eight others. Later in the night, Latimer and an unidentified card player became irate with one another. While the police report did not detail what was discussed, Latimer's attorney, Harvey Steinberg, told the court during the hearing that it concerned a person at the table allegedly sexually assaulting Latimer's four-year-old son. Crazy. Steinberg said the sexual assault allegations do not involve Latimer, so that's a plus. Latimer and the other individual had to be separated, but they ordered everyone to leave his apartment. It's unclear whether the individual Latimer argued with was the same person who allegedly committed the sexual assault against Latimer's son. It also is unknown when the alleged assault may have taken place. The situation de-escalated for a few moments before Latimer fired two shots. Then the man pinned Latimer against the wall. Latimer then hit the man on top of his head with the gun, and eventually the fight ended. So, there's a little update for you there. Nice. That's a little juicy. Yeah. What else is going to come out on that one? My God. Well, if he did it, he's lucky that he didn't shoot the guy dead. So, this we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky him, huh? Hey. Mr. Negativity over here, Noel, he actually wants to talk about a surprisingly positive story. Yeah, I do. Noel, I please. do. I'm in a good mood yeah, today. Go I'm in a good mood. Yeah. So I might as well start it off on a high note and um, before I start to get negative. So I was reading this story. I stumbled upon it and I, I hadn't heard it in the news, but it's about Gilbert. Old Gil, Gilbert Arenas. And um, he was driving and realized that he forgot his wallet and he only had $10 cash on him and he was about to run out of gas. So he starts to walk to this location and he sees a homeless guy and the homeless guy says, Hey man, uh, you got some money. And Gilbert only had the 10 on him. So he said, I'll give you five. He says, well, where do you need to get to? And he says, well, I need to get to that gas station up that way. Cause also I'm going to buy a lottery ticket. He's like, well, man, you're not going to have enough money for, um, gas and the lottery ticket. So just go ahead. If you win anything, give me 20. I said, all right, sounds like a deal. So he goes into the gas station, gets his Powerball ticket and the gas, obviously. Goes home, gets a text message that he had won. And he thought it was a scam, right? <laughs> so he goes back to the gas station. The gas attendant runs out because he was getting more gas at the pump and says, you won, you won. He's like, oh man, I thought that was a scam. So Gilbert ended up winning $300,000 on Powerball. And... <laughs> <laughs> 
in that scenario and then goes back to the homeless guy and uh, gives him an undisclosed amount of money. So everybody won. It was an amazing story. I mean, the, Gilbert's just the guy that keeps on giving, man. It's awesome. The rich get richer, you know. It must be. They nice. really do. Old Gil. So good for him. Old Gil. Good for him. Yes. Uh, be nice if he could share a little bit of that with non-homeless people. But well, I'm getting close to it. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, hey, <laughs> a little contribution to Beltway Sports Bros. Be good. Yeah. Maybe he can just listen. That'd be fine That'd too. Be great. Or, or retweet <laughs> anything. anything. Or just anything, Gil. All right. So I know we're a little late in the game. We did just start this podcast, but I'd like to go over the Redskins schedule. What do you think about that? Huh? Let's do it. All right. So I want to do uh preface this before we jump right into it. So we're going to do a, a full on breakdown. Try not to bore you too much, but as uh, we're going to go over the win loss records as well for the 2020 season, I want to say even the best analysts have no clue how these teams are going to be even more so with the COVID-19 situation, no crowds, God only knows, right? So every single year, half the teams that were in the playoffs the year before are not in it the next year. The Redskins supposedly have the fifth easiest schedule in the league, but as, as it typically does happen, teams look like they're going to suck and are going to surprise. And then teams that look like they're going to be juggernauts surprisingly suck. It happens every single year. But of course, our lovable losers, the Redskins, are the one outlier of that who held true to their projection as they typically do. Since I'm one of the experts, it'll probably ring true this time as well. Oh, spoiler <laughs> there, huh? Noel, what did you think about the schedule overlooking at it briefly? Well, the glaring parts to me, the first thing that popped out was the start. The four the four games start is uh, a little bit of a gauntlet, and it could be pretty disastrous to start the season. I mean, you've got uh, the Eagles right off the bat, and Cardinals, Cardinals, Browns, and Ravens. the Ravens, and you could potentially go, <laughs> I mean, you could lose them all. You could. Uh, it's it's very conceivable that they could. I mean, the the only one that I could potentially see them winning, not spoiling my record or anything, could be the the Cardinals game. Yeah, yeah. and that's a could be. I, I that's a toss up to me. I don't know what the what the Cardinals are going to look like next year. They've gotten some pieces offensively, so that was a glaring part. I was like, geez, starting right off the bat, having to uh, win some games, or I mean, you could be out of it right off the bat, and especially having to go. West Coast to Arizona, which is not an easy trip from the East Coast. So that's yeah, that absolutely they're they're yeah. they're going to be. Hopefully, we get them early enough that they'll they won't be firing on all cylinders, and they got to kind of ease their way into being a complete juggernaut of an offense. But that's going to be a real test, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. So mine are the three straight road games: uh, Cowboys, Steelers, and San Francisco. Jeez, I mean one on the, the one on Thanksgiving. Pittsburgh is never an easy place to play. That could be December 6th. Could actually have crowds by then. Who knows? And then the looming game of San Francisco at San Francisco. That is, talk about a gauntlet. I mean, yeah, man. You can't. <laughs> the only positive, really, is that they have a quasi bye week in between the Thanksgiving game and the, and the Steelers game. But who knows? Yeah, they, it's, it's going to. Yeah, who really knows? I, I, and, and going into that, considering. They're not very successful on Thanksgiving against Dallas to begin with. What game are you really looking at that you can pull out out of those three? Probably the, the and I'm not saying it is, potentially could be the Steelers game um, out of that, out of those three. And who knows? Um, I, but that is a tough stretch right there. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers aren't the Steelers right now. Uh, but like you said, they could they could be great. 
this year as they always are. I mean, they they always seem to surprise, even with a roster that they have. It's I feel like they they have a weaker roster than they typically do. But it's the Redskins and the Steelers. I think. Uh, oh no, I, I was just comparing what would might be the most conceivable game out of the three right now um, would be the Steelers game. Sure. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win it by any means. I'm just saying out of the three, which one might be might have that potential just based on the success that the, the, the Redskins usually have on Thanksgiving against Dallas. Hey, uh, maybe they'll make a trade for RG3 and bring back some of that Thanksgiving Day magic. What do you think? They could. They could. But I, I, look at that, I look at that portion there and wonder how that's happened in two consecutive years. And I feel that something for them to be on Thanksgiving as frequently as they are must be going down between Snyder and Goodell. I think there was a discussion, and I've heard a few rumors about that, that there were discussions that he'd like to be on Thanksgiving more frequently. And I think part of the trade-off there was to have an increase in road games. My opinion? Hey, it's possible. Did you have sources on that? Yeah, my son. Your inside sources? (laughs) Oh, he told you that? Surprisingly, insanely knowledgeable. He is. He is. He's an encyclopedia. No, he really is. (laughs) He's an encyclopedia. So anyway, let's move on to week one. Let's actually go and touch on the schedule game by game, talk about wins and losses, and highlight a couple games and try uh, to go through that. And at the end of it, we'll give you our final record. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so week one, what do you know? It's the Eagles, but this time we're at home. So second year in a row, starting with the Eagles, played Philly last year to start the season and ended, actually, but we'll get into that, but got swept last year. Surprise, surprise, but... The big thing is Terry McLaurin with his stats in both games against the Eagles seems to love playing the Eagles. Week one, five receptions on five targets, 130 yards, one touchdown, that long of 75, which was a thing of beauty. And then the second was uh, five receptions on seven targets, 125 yards, and a touchdown in a long of 69. That was with Haskins. So maybe we'll get a little bit of that McLaurin magic. Yeah, absolutely. Against the Eagles again. Uh, I think with that game, the Redskins have lost five in a row against the Eagles. And I don't think this time's going to be any different. I think they played extremely well against them the first game of the season last year. And they should have had, they should have won that game. And that was, that was kind oh of the, God. if they was, had won that, that game, who knows? I think they are what their record said it was, but building off of that game, they could have had a little, lot more momentum than they did. And the defense was playing well. They looked like a decent team, and the oh, wheels came. Half, anyway. So yeah, the first half. And so, but I'm going with a loss in the first game against the Eagles. You don't say. Hey, I got a loss also. Cool. All right, so we're on the same page there. Moving on to week two, as we talked about earlier, going to Arizona play the Arizona Cardinals. What do you got there? I got a W on that one. I think that's going to be the game that they're going to have to win in that first quarter of the season in order to stay afloat a little bit. Yeah, I actually have a win as well. And again, as I touched on earlier, hoping that the shortened offseason would work for their benefit, at least because they've got a lot of new pieces in in with um, Arizona and they may not have it all together yet on offense. So let's cross our fingers on that one. So week three, we've got the Browns at Cleveland. I've got a win there. What do you have? Hell, I just, I, I, I think oh. that I don't necessarily know if the Browns are going to be what they thought they were going to be last year, but I think they're going to be decent. And I think they're going to definitely be better than the Redskins. 
just the sheer just the sheer aspect of their personnel when i see the browns it just automatically makes me want to think that they're terrible and they're not going to do anything that year as they tend to do and i, I think the prior year they were seen as a super bowl contender and they became the browns as they typically do so i just see a win there i don't know wow okay i know i know hey i'm the eternal optimist when it comes to this team they'll typically break my heart so that's for sure all right uh week four let's kind of highlight this one the ravens at home so the battle of the beltways as they like to call it and we are the beltway bros so i thought we'd have to highlight this one right oh definitely i mean the it's it's our in our name yeah we have to we have to so i think the redskins are going to get kicked the living shit out of this game but <laughs> uh but I, I felt like we should touch on it because the ravens have quite a following in this area and i know a lot of people that have defected to the ravens originally being redskins fans i'm not a big fan of the ravens personally because of that i other than that i really don't they're not even on my radar no not at all i mean it's a rivalry that's based on i think they hate redskins fans more than we hate them because after the Colts left, they were forced to listen to Redskin shit and they resented that. So they have this rivalry built in just on that old hatred of not having a team. But for me, it's the proximity is really cool. It's right down 95, but they're going to get their ass handed to them in this game. So it's not really going to be a rivalry game. And it's only the sheer proximity and in the metro area. That's all this is. Yeah. They're going to get eaten in this it's, game. It's a traditional blue collar versus white collar and those weird ass accents that those Baltimore people have. Yeah. I'll never understand how they got that one <laughs> pocket of weird ass yeah, accent. Man. It's, it's one of those things. All right, so uh, moving on to week five, we've got the Rams at home. Oh, well, I'm sorry, I got to go back. We didn't even. You said they're going to lose the Ravens, right? They're gonna, the well, Reds. You said gonna... they were going to get their ass kicked. Well, so yeah, I, I guess that, that was pretty, pretty <laughs> answers that question. All right, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't sure if we made that official. <laughs> Okay, so week five, the Rams, I've got a loss on that one. Sean McVay comes back home. Uh, he is going to scheme something up to do what he typically does. What do you I think? I think that, honestly, weirdly enough, the guru, McVay, I think he might be on the hot seat a little bit. Get the hell out of here. I really do. That I think after the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, I think he might be on the hot seat. Moving into a new stadium, new uniforms, freshening up their uh, their look. That's freshening? Uh, yes. It's something. I mean, they, they tried. <laughs> they tried. They're a disaster, but they tried. Ugh. I think he might be on the hot seat. Rams are going to be having some urgency, and I think they're going to they'll win that game. The Rams, the last two years, have essentially tried to buy a Super Bowl. Everybody gives the Redskins shit for doing that. I mean, they were playing fantasy football over there, and because it worked, oh, they're they're great. But they've had to cut a lot of guys due to salary cap issues. They don't. I don't think. Oh, they they're have, seriously strapped. I don't think that they have the same roster that they had before. They went out of their way to get as many draft picks as they possibly could. But at the end of the day, they're not as veteran laden as they were before. They weren't great last year. I mean, the, the year before they were made the Super Bowl, obviously, but I think that they're going to be a pretty middle-of-the-road team, but I still feel like the Redskins are going to lose that game. Middle-of-the-road in that division is good. That division, NFC West, was a beast last year. Yeah. I still think they're a very good team. It's a very competitive division, and I think they're going to be a good team. Will they make the playoffs? I don't know, but I think there will be urgency with McVay. They got rid of Wade Phillips uh, to re and tried to revamp the defense, so we'll see, but when it comes down to it, we're talking about Redskins v. Rams. Rams win. Hey, maybe uh, Jay Gruden was onto something not hiring Wade Phillips. Maybe, maybe. 
<laughs> yeah, that was a good choice. Okay, week six, playing the Giants at New York. So last time, the first time that Haskins played the Giants in the Meadowlands, he came in off a injury from Case Keenum. Really not a good showing. He said that he was embarrassed himself. He said that it was really a wake-up call for him. He did a lot of soul-searching, realized he needed to put a lot more effort in, studying, uh, reps, etc. And that was brutal to say the least. So he coming back, kind of show what he's worked on and pick up where he left off at the end of last season. Well, I think there was a failure on both sides. Um, after Case Keenum went down, when he had to come in, he was not prepared. They didn't prepare him in the least, and he didn't put in the full work. So it was avenue for disaster to put him into the wolves like that in a game that they weren't being successful in to begin with, and he was pressing and pressing, and it showed, and it, he got, he was totally exposed, and against a, against a shitty team to boot. Right. And it didn't help that it exacerbated where Daniel Jones looked like the correct pick right in that game, which made Haskins look twice as bad. But it was an avenue for disaster right off the bat. I think by the time this game comes around, he'll be well prepared, hopefully, with this virtual life that we're living. But I think everybody's going to be in the same boat. Do your homework, stay the course, and at that point, he'll be the guy much more comfortable, and I don't think it'll be a bad game like it was the first one. Well, I will as bad. Well, I will say this. that The second time that they played, Haskins had a stellar game. Of course, it was at FedEx, but that's all you can really base it off of was, what, week 16 of last year. I mean, he went 12 for 15, 133 yards, two touchdowns, 143 0.2 rating. I mean, he had a hell of a game and then, of course, went out with that injury. But overshadowed with Daniel Jones, he had the game of his life, 352 yards, five touchdowns, but he, of course, played the whole game. I think Haskins was on the way to having a game like that. I mean, the, the ball wasn't touching the ground. So yeah. it was a completely different Haskins that game. And I think that was closer to what we're going to expect moving forward. So we shall see. I agree. But as far as the game goes and the win-loss, Redskins lose. I have that as well. They just don't seem to do too well against the Giants. No, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's just it's just that game and um, division game at their place. I just I, it's going to be a loss. So next game is Week Seven with the Cowboys at home. I've got a loss there. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't see any reason why they would win that game with the personnel that they have. Even if the Redskins defense is really good, that Dallas offense is a beast and. I don't think that the Redskins offense can counteract Dallas's defense, which is is pretty good as well when they get their head out of their ass. But as far as that offense goes, when that offense is clicking, they're one of the better ones in the NFL. And I just don't see it happening. Dallas wins. Agreed. All right. So the next week is a bye and that's week eight. And then coming off of the bye is week nine. And we got the Giants at home again. So that's an interesting schedule there. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever put that together, thank you. And uh, so I actually have a win on that one. Holy cow. So do I. Look at that. I think they're going to split with the Giants this year. And I think that coming off the bye like that, we have a, always, everybody always has expectations of coming off of a bye because you're doing your homework, you've got extra days. But I think in this case, the Giants aren't good either. It's not like this is a really good team. No. I think the Redskins are going to pull it out at home. Yeah, coming off the bye in history for the Redskins has never been a great situation. We always try to talk, talk ourselves into it that, oh, well, you know, they have two weeks to prepare. It never seems to work out that way. But in this case, I think playing the Giants just two weeks prior to that. And I also think that the middle part of the schedule, that's when we're going to start seeing Rivera's influence a little bit more. They're going to start picking up on what Del Rio's defense 
is trying to do. There's going to be a slow build to this. You know what I, I mean? I agree with that. I agree with that. I think I, I think that the defense is going to come around pretty quick. I have a feel. I have a feeling about that. And I think that some of these games that we're calling losses aren't going to be complete blowouts. I think that some of them are going to be close. I think that the defense is going to keep them in multiple games this year. Um, I just think the offense is fledgling. A lot of question marks. Not a not a lot of big time personnel. Offensive line is still a major question, and there's just going to be a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the ball that is going to not put up the points they need in order to stay in, to win these games. But they will stay in games, I think, based on that. And like I said, the Giants aren't very good either, and I have the Redskins winning that game as well. All right, to recap at the halfway point, my record is three wins, five losses. What's yours? I'm at two and six at the halfway point. Okay, all right, so picking up on week 10, the Lions at Detroit. I have a win there. Here we go. We always beat the run, Lions. Getting a little run together. Beat the Giants the week before. Now we're beating the, the Lions. Let's go. Let's, yeah. let's start Let's start getting into that hungry. <laughs> this is kind of the part in the schedule that seems somewhat reasonable and somewhat... Must win games. Oh, absolutely. Must win games. This is the part right here after the bye. I mean, you're basically... If, if I already have them at 2-6, and six, you're primarily out of it anyway, but must win games for just sheer morale and for Rivera's credibility. Next game is week 11 against the Bengals at home. That should be interesting. Uh, I have a win there as well. Will it be interesting? The only I mean, thing interesting the only thing interesting about it is that Chase Young and Burrow are going to be in the same game. That's the, potentially. Inter that's the interesting that's part. The, that is the only interesting part. Nobody outside of D.C. and Cincinnati will be watching that game. I can promise you that. Well, the entire state of Ohio probably will be. Oh, they've got Cleveland too. That believe me. I'm talking about Ohio. Yeah, Ohio State with Chase Young. No. Cincinnati and Redskins fans are going to be the only ones watching that game. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah, Urban Meyer will turn the TV on because right, he loves but... the Redskins because they got Ohio State guys. But anyway, Redskins are going to win that game. You're on the same page. And and bearing in mind, we have not discussed this at all. What our win totals are. Just wanted to. No, we kept that it a complete. We kept it a complete surprise. We're flying by the seat of our pants. I'm sure it's the listeners realize that as well after all this, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So week 12, the big one, the one nationally televised game this year. Woohoo! <laughs> Cowboys at Dallas Thanksgiving. So a uh, little retrospective. Last time these guys played on Thanksgiving 2018, this game pulled in 30.5 million viewers. So Easy. Yeah. To me, it's really it's not really a rivalry anymore from my perspective, but it's Cowboys and Indians. Right. It's a uh, it's Thanksgiving. It kind of goes together like peanut butter and jelly. There seems to be national interest for this game. In fairness, whatever the Cowboys are playing, there's national interest. But I think right. especially with the Redskins, it just seems to go together really well. And they're in the 405 slot, which is the main slot. I think I'm going to surprise you on this one, but I got the skins getting a win on this. No. No, you're not. You're not, go you're not. You're not going there. <laughs> you're really. You're really not. You're good. So you're basically saying that at this point in time, they're rolling, right? They beat the Giants. They beat the Lions. Yeah, man. They beat the Bengals. Then they go into Dallas on Thanksgiving, which Dallas owns the Redskins on Thanksgiving for the most part. A couple sprinkled in. I'm not not saying that it's 100 percent. And they're going to go in and they're going to beat Dallas on their turf on Thanksgiving. That'll I just don't see. I just don't see that happening. Like I said, I think that Dallas, and I hate to say it, I think they're going to be good this year. I do. And I think that they're going to beat the Redskins pretty handily on Thanksgiving. Hey, I'm 
crossing my fingers is Dak situations, the contract situation. It's in his head. You know, he's making jack shit. Well, not this year, but prior to come that. Come on. Come on, man. Every time the Redskins have the worst luck when it comes. He might hold out and then be back like a week before that game and then come in or... How many times have we seen over the years where you're like, I hope this guy stays out one more week. And then all of a sudden he's back into the starting lineup and just lights up the Redskins. We've seen it too many times. It's not going to happen. Dak's going to be in there. He sees this team needs him. He needs them. And um, they're going to be running. I think by then they'll probably be running on all cylinders, especially on Thanksgiving. It's, That's it's not going to look good. Yeah. Or somebody comes back from a suspension like immediately when the Redskins are supposed to play right. or they, they get right. a, they get a game shaved off somehow. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. It always seems to be that way. But I'm, I'm holding true to this, Noel. I got to win. Okay. Go I for it. I, I, that's that'll for my schedule. That's four straight wins. What do you think about that? Mm. Well, this is when shit gets real. <laughs> <laughs> Week 13, Steelers at Pittsburgh. I have a resounding loss on that one. That's not going to go well. I agree. I and, and before, when we were talking earlier, I said that that could be the game out of this little road trip that they have that might be the most winnable. Doesn't mean they're going to win it. I think they're going to get beat up at Heinz Field. And um, it's... It's just not a team that they ever play well against. It never goes well. It doesn't matter what the scenario is. The Steelers win. Overall, I feel like the teams that they never play, like once every four years or whatever, they just always seem to sh get the shit kicked out of them. Like they have no film on them or something. Like they, they the film got lost somehow on these guys and they just have right. no clue. So No, I know. It, with Pittsburgh, I think we can agree on that one. All right. Week 14, 49ers at San Francisco. This is the big Trent Williams return. Well, not return, but at least to play his old team. And also Kyle Shanahan just coming off of a Super Bowl loss. There's a lot to sink your teeth into this game, Trent Williams. You think, you think that Trent will play in that game? I mean, he can't make it through a full season, so who says – that's about the time, right? I mean, if he's not suspended, I guess. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, uh, I that's mean, that's another... that's about the time he'll he'll miss out on that game to play um, kind of like an NBA player looking at the schedule and seeing what games he can take off. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I'm sure he'll play. And um, that slop game that they played against San Francisco last year, they played their little hearts out. They did. I'll tell you, they played their little hearts out in that game. But I, I think in this one, in nice California, I, I just don't see that happening. And San Francisco is still good. Not much has changed. And they're going to lose that game. Hey, maybe Ruben Foster's got some uh, notes on this team that can help us win. I mean, he'll never play down, but maybe he'll be a little coach on the sideline or something. Oh, right? man. I, I mean, absolutely. Why don't we, we'll just, we'll, we'll cart in Alex Smith and Ruben Foster. We'll put them next to each other. We'll let, we'll let Ruben Foster be the defensive coordinator for the week and Alex Smith be the offensive coordinator for the week. Well, they'll be hobbling around the sideline. <laughs> yeah, well. We had to touch on Alex Smith at some point. That seems of course to be, we did. Yeah, of course. But in fairness, Kyle still it, getting paid, isn't he? But in fairness, Alex Smith never played for Kyle Shanahan, so I, I know. All right, so you don't have to be an asshole about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to wrap that game up, I've got a loss on that one. You do too, right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Just to clear that up for the listeners. Yes, right. I, I have a loss in the San Francisco game. All right, week six, week 15, I should say. We've got the Seahawks at home. I've got a loss on that one. What about you? Absolutely. Definitely loss. That's going to be, for me, four straight losses after winning three in a row. And it's not looking good. Seattle's a good team. I, like I said previously, 
The NFC West is one of the better divisions in football. I think it's the best, really. Yeah, I mean, but things change. I'm saying right now, they're still a competitive. Not much has changed with those teams, and they're going to lose that game. Yeah, agreed. I don't think we're going to have one of those surprising wins like they had that one year with Kirk, your buddy Kirk, and they had no offensive line, and somehow they pulled that game out of their ass. That still was... Oh, yeah. That game was that, that, Absolutely. Nobody thought they were going to win that game. They didn't no think one. they were winning that game. <laughs> they didn't think they were winning that game. I don't care who says it. All right, week 16, we got the Panthers. This should be really interesting. Yeah. The reunion that nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, why have that game early? Why not have that game early at least? Because both the teams are going to be out of it pretty much at that point. But, you know, it's, they're, they're both going to suck. And why not make it so at least you have some kind of storyline to work off of? But... They don't. The NFL doesn't care about either one of these teams. They don't care about the Panthers, and they don't care about the Redskins. They both they anticipate both of them being subpar. And why are they going to futz around with trying to plug in a location where they can play and probably put out a bad product? So might as well just throw them throw them into the closet somewhere, let them play out their game, and uh, and be done with it. Typically, the Redskins start out early with storyline type games because they're not completely out of it yet you know so that's yeah. from from prior seasons that's kind of how it's gone expecting them to be terrible but at least they've got maybe week three or week four that they're like uh maybe people will actually pay attention to this team but no chance on week 16 um yeah i've got to win the, the carolina panthers winning that game by the way so the last week, surprise, surprise, we've got the Eagles at week 17 at home. I've got a loss. What do you have, Noel? Yeah, yeah. The Eagles game, the last game of the season, I think the Eagles are, might, if they're healthy, they're going to be a very quality team and they're going to be to the point where they're fighting for a playoff spot. And I think the Redskins lose that one. It could be one of two things. I mean, they could be resting all their players as well at that point. I don't know if the Eagles are at that point roster-wise, but could be a win. The Eagles might not need that game, so that could be a toss-up. Week 17 always is. So that does it for all of those games. So we're going to talk about the final record here. For me, I have a 7-9 and nine record, surprisingly, which, it, on, which was actually what I did. I was like, did I count that right? Anyway, now we're talking about an expanded playoff system. 7-9 and nine could potentially sneak you into the You're playoffs. Right. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. I've got them going 5-11. and 11. That's a realistic record. They'll show some promise in some games. Hopefully, they're competitive. That's what the most important thing is, is that they stay competitive in these games and they show some form of upside with all these young guys in this analytics that they're putting together. That's all I want to see out of this season. I have no expectations. I want to see growth out of Haskins, and I want to see growth out of this defense, which in a short period of time there's going to be some contracts due so i want to get my money's worth if they can at least piece something together now and um five and eleven record seems realistic and i'll be okay with that if they show promise on the field i was really surprised that i had a seven and nine record honestly i was going through and i was like oh, loss 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 was going to be six wins five wins something like that but seven and nine expanded playoff record this could happen the eternal optimist i don't know if that's optimism or uh, you're just delusional utterly delusional <laughs> <laughs> i mean if it happens great if it happens great i i just um with this schedule and the way they're lined up it's not a matter of some of the games aren't winnable it's just the way they stack up against each other. And they can tell me that this is the fifth easiest schedule in the league. I don't see it. 
I see that they're playing some teams that had high draft choices, you know, the Browns and Cardinals, the Cardinals and teams like that, that they're playing against that were bad record teams, but they're counteracted with the San Francisco Seattles of the world. I, I mean, it's, and it looks pretty loaded to me. I, I don't know it, where they could possibly come up because the Steelers. Yeah, what, what, were, spo- the, what, what spots were they going to plug in teams that were, what did they want? Like, it, their their schedule would have been harder. Would they want to throw Kansas City into the mix? I mean, what, what spots besides the Bengals and the Arizona game? Lions. Would you and the Lions game? Those three games. Would you say are the most reasonable win games? I mean, division games don't count. Those those are toss up games. Right. You just hope that they can. You hope even when you're good, you just hope you can split. Okay. So taking the non conference games into it. You're looking at Cardinals, Detroit, and Bengals. Oh, and the Panthers, excuse me. Those are the four games on a schedule that this team went 3-13 and last year. And those are the four games out of 16 that are competitive games with the type of team that they have right now. Well, you tell me that's the fifth schedule, fifth lowest? Come on. Well, you have to think about the Giants are on the schedule. We view the Giants differently than other teams do. We So, I mean, if, if somebody had... The Giants twice in their schedule from the AFC, they'd be they'd laugh at it. On our end, we're like, oh shit, we may be lucky to split that best case scenario. So you know, there's two games there. You got and Dallas is Dallas, Philly's Philly. I can kind of understand it, but at the end of the day, two or three of these teams are going to be way better than what they're supposed to be, as it always sure. is, as I mentioned. And a couple are not going to be as good. So truthfully, this whole exercise of uh, putting together a final record. It's kind of silly, but what else is there to talk about? Hey, everybody's doing it. Why can't we? I just feel that in the sense, yes, what you were saying with other divisions saying, hey, man, we'll break, we'll take the Giants twice a year. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. But at the end of the day, they're division games. No matter what the division looks like, they're still division games. You still play them twice a year. And for better or worse, they're games that you could potentially lose and they're, always, and they're usually going to be grind out games. Okay, it, no matter how good the team is and no matter how bad the other team is, those are games that you're consider you, you would be okay with going 3 and 3 in the division. Unless, and unless you're the Patriots, so Yeah, unless you're the Patriots <laughs> who've had a pass for the last 20 years. I think their division's been pretty good. I don't know. I don't know what you've been looking at, but Yeah. Buffalo. I think that the record that I have is pretty realistic and um I'll be happy if they play well in these games and, you know, every additional wins a bonus for me. But I agree. I, if the young players are are progressing as opposed to how they were under the prior regime, then um, you know maybe we got something to look forward to. But all right, well that was going to do it for today. Thank you, Noel. That was great. Your best work yet. Oh, thank you. Yeah, hey. I'm, I'm I'm trying to get better. And and like I said, today was my positive day. It's Memorial Day weekend coming up, so I'm getting into the uh, the U.S. spirit. And um, yeah, USA feeling good. Well, you were actually quite negative earlier today when I talked to you, but I'm glad that you uh, kind of straightened yourself out a little bit. I got it all out. Well, I'm glad I could be the brunt of your negativity. So, But uh, as Noel mentioned, Memorial Day weekend's coming up. We're going to be off until Tuesday. But as always, we are on all podcast platforms, and this really helps us out. Thanks again, and I hope you guys have a great holiday weekend.